Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. And we have some things to talk about. The first thing I wanted to talk about is the window eyes, the transitioning from window eyes to another screen reader class that we had last week. We had excellent results, so we have decided to turn that into a product. And because it is a product, it's not going to be specifically window eyes related, and it really never was specifically window eyes related. So you would be able to use this course to go from JAWS to NVDA, NVDA to JAWS, window eyes to JAWS, however you wanted to do it. So we're going to have that available sometime this week, so keep looking for it. And it's going to be more of a universal product, so it's not going to be from window eyes to the future. It's going to be something like switching between Windows-based screen readers or something. I haven't quite figured out what title we're going to have for it, but it will be available for you to purchase. And it's well over three hours of material. So you're going to have a lot of material to check out. It's organized and laid out very, very well. One thing you may want to do if you're not already part of our newsletter list, you may want to subscribe or contact us and we'll subscribe you because I'll definitely be sending out a newsletter when the class is released as a product available on the website. The cost of this tutorial will be $39 in our shop. And as with all of our products, you'll have the ability to use the DAISY version or the MP3 version, and you'll get both of them when you download. Or if you would prefer to have it on an SD card or other physical media, we can definitely do that for you. That's an additional $15, and that includes shipping straight to your door. Speaking of products, I'm very excited to announce a new goodie on the horizon that I am planning and soon to be working on in the new year. It's called Browse Happy, and it is kind of a good companion piece to Chris's transitioning from one screen reader to another product because it really shows you all the tips and tricks that you can use as a screen reader user to browse the internet. So we're going to talk about headings, we're going to talk about lists, we're going to talk about links, we're going to talk about visited links, we're going to talk about all sorts of cool ways that you can become more efficient online. Someone was saying in a recent free class that we did, has it occurred to everyone here that it takes us so much longer to move around on the internet or shop or do other things than it does our sighted counterparts? And Lisa's response, I thought, to that was very good. She said, yes, but isn't it cool because after a period of time, you can actually become much faster, especially on sites that you are familiar with, than your sighted peers. And I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I think many times we can become faster. In fact, Lisa, I think you gave an example of your sighted friends contacting you saying, will you please order blah for me because it would take me like two hours and you could do it in like 20 minutes. Yeah, I really did. And it's happened. I mean, if you start out on a website and you have a blind person and a sighted person, chances are the sighted person will be able to find what he or she needs a little bit more quickly. But given a little bit of time and familiarity, a blind person really can kind of get through that information just as quickly and sometimes, I think, with a little bit more ease of use. I would agree with that. 
And I think with all the different element navigation available to us, we can really find ways to zip through websites and find the information that we need. Now, that being said, the caveat to that is to learn not to rush when you are initially beginning to browse a new website. So all this is stuff that's going to be covered in the course. It's probably going to be three hours or so of information, but this is me, so if it becomes six, please don't blame me. <laughs> it's $24.97. You can pre-order it now. You can read all about it, and it's available on the website now for your pre-order. Again, like everything else, it'll be available in DAISY, MP3, and if you want additional physical media sent to you, you can order an SD card for $15 more, and it will be shipped to you upon the release of the product. You are not charged, as with all of our pre-orders, until the product is released. And Browse Happy will be released on February 5th. So that's a Monday, and you'll be able to access that at that time. All your downloads will become available, and if anything needs to be shipped to you, we'll ship it to you at that time. So it's going to be a really cool product. I'm really looking forward to it. I think something like this is very needed in our community. And I think a lot of people just become very frustrated and very stressed out when it comes to shopping on new websites. And I hope that we can make that a little easier for you with something like this and show you some tips and tricks. I'm a totally blind screen reader user, and I'm on different websites every day for business and for pleasure. And I want to take some of the knowledge that I've learned over decades of doing this and hopefully share some of it with y'all. And I try to do it in a very friendly, laid-back way. And hopefully it will become something that is useful for you on your journey. You can either follow along with me, you can transfer the knowledge that you learn through this to other sites, and I just hope it becomes a really good resource in your toolbox. Just want to mention, though, not every site is going to be accessible or even usable, so it really depends on the website itself. So using the tutorial doesn't mean that you're going to access every single website on the Internet, but it's going to make things a heck of a lot easier. Yes, You're going to find some sites that still use Flash, and I can't help you much with those. Sorry. <laughs> no, but it'll give you tools. I mean, the thing that really kind of frustrated me when I first started using the Internet was I didn't really know what was accessible and what wasn't. And it was a relief almost when someone would say, oh, that site is really inaccessible, or oh, that site is very easy. So it kind of helped me know how to approach it. Okay, this is doable, or no, nah, you're just going to be banging your head against a wall with this one. Also, you know, we're talking about speed, and as we're doing that, I'm thinking, some of you are probably thinking, well, I didn't know that navigating a website is a race. And you know what? In one way, you're absolutely right. It's not. But in another sense, it kind of is. It's not worth stressing yourself out especially when you're learning. But if you only have so many hours in a day and you want to get things done, it's not so much really about speed even as it is about efficiency and using it efficiently. So I don't want you to be put off by thinking that our emphasis is on speed. It's more like speed is kind of that marker of can we do it efficiently. And there are lots of ways to judge that. And participating and helping to present the class that we did on this topic was great because it showed me, you know, each of us has different ways and different strategies that we use to navigate web pages. And I, for one, am anxious for this tutorial to come out because I'm sure that I will learn ways of doing things that I had not considered before. 
Yeah, there are so many different ways, and some of it's going to depend on your website, and you're just going to find lots of interesting modifications, perhaps, to make your shopping experience better. But I agree with what Lisa said. Sometimes it's just about productivity. If you've got to make dinner and go get some groceries and go pick up the kids and, you know, whatever sleep. happens Let's to be. Let's not forget and sleep. sleep. That's we been in sleep. such short supply lately. Yeah, That's true. Sleep. Yes, <laughs> sleep is good too. Then you can learn to do things in a very productive way that aren't going to take all day for you to go find something and get it in a nice amount of time that won't have you sitting there for an hour. There's also the piece that says sometimes if you're on a site and you're logged in and you're trying to do something, that site will time out after a period of time, yes. depending on what it is. So sometimes you have to do things relatively quickly in order to successfully conduct a transaction. So just yeah. some things to keep in mind. We're not saying this to stress you out. I'm just giving you some examples that I'm thinking of now that could make it more interesting to learn to do things more productively. So either way, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And hopefully it's going to be presented in a way where you're not completely stressing out and you're going to be able to just follow along, learn a few tricks from me and a few terms that maybe are new to you. And it will be a good experience, I hope, for lots of people. And it will be pretty much screen reader agnostic, meaning use it on one screen reader or another screen reader. It really doesn't matter. Some exactly. hotkeys, right, some hotkeys may be a little different, but other than that... And exactly. please know also that this is just the beginning. We'll tease a little bit and suggest that you keep listening to these podcasts and keep following us because we do have many more exciting things planned in the works, and we don't want to reveal too much too soon, but we're definitely looking forward to sharing some of those with you. Oh yes, lots on the horizon for 2018. So definitely stay tuned. Going back to our newsletter that I mentioned earlier, if you are a subscriber, please do stay tuned because sometime next week, you're definitely going to receive a newsletter from us. And there may be a new sale in there. We were having so much fun giving you Black Friday to Cyber Monday discounts and deals that we decided to keep the fun going for another couple of weeks. So this will be the same newsletter you're waiting for to find out when Chris's product on transitioning between screen readers is coming out. So definitely stay tuned and we will give you that information as soon as we have it. We'll let you know when the sale begins. Once again, it will be an automatic thing. So you'll be able to see the sale prices and just add your cart and purchase. Or you can give us a call and we'll be happy to make those purchases for you. And this sale will probably run through about the 15th. It won't go any later than that because we want to have time to ship you goodies. <laughs> so probably around the 15th will be when the sale ends. And it will begin, as I said, sometime next week. We don't know exactly yet. So definitely stay tuned for more information about that. If you are subscribed to our newsletter or hang out on the news page of our site <laughs> and we can give you information there, look for a new news release. We'll tweet it out on Twitter. We'll let you know as soon as we know. And now I wanted to talk a little bit about a decoration that I got for Christmas. And this is, as will be in the insert, this is a train. So I'm going to lovingly call it the Mystic Access Express because it is a train that can bring me lots of presents, we hope. But in all seriousness, it is a train that goes in the tree instead of around the tree. So my train now is about four feet high, 
and it's really kind of a neat concept. So instead of the train being around the tree and you walk up to the tree and you kick the train off the track or you kick the track and now you have to put the track back together or whatever, now the train is in the tree. You don't need to worry about kicking the train. And without further ado, here's the insert. Hello, everybody. I just wanted to take this time to show you a Christmas decoration that I recently acquired. This is a train, an animated train with lights and sounds that goes around the Christmas tree. And you're probably thinking, okay, so you put a train under a tree. What's so special about this train? This train is a train that goes in the tree or up within the branches and the track goes around the tree and the train is elevated above the floor. In my current installation, the train is about chest high off the ground. There was a little bit of frustration to get it working, but basically there's a clamp that clamps to the trunk of the tree or the tree, sli it slides over or between the two pieces or three pieces of the tree if it's an artificial one, or you can, from the documentation or the instructions, you can connect to a live tree, but it has no tools required. It has thumb screws to tighten the clamp around the tree. It also has eight kind of struts or arms that go out and they snap onto the clamp and then the track goes onto those struts. It kind of snaps in place. When you are putting the track together, you want to make sure that where the two pieces of track come together, they are supported by the struts. As I found out the hard way, the train has taken a dive off of the track. Another thing to keep in mind, you want to make sure that the track is level. And one of the ways that I did that was to take the caboose and roll the caboose along the track. And if it kind of goes by itself, then the track is not level. That could also impede your train's ability to go around the track. The train has three cars. It has an engine, a coal car, and a caboose. The coal car actually connects to the engine by a wire and also a coupler. The batteries, the four AA batteries, go into the coal car. How appropriate. There's a little screw on the front top of the coal car, and you take a Phillips screwdriver, you unscrew it, and you can pull the coal off and put your batteries in and connect the wire, connect the coupler. Right up above the wire is a switch, and that will turn on the train. This particular train does not smoke, but it does have lights and sounds, and it's a really neat train. You also want to be careful when you are running your train that just to verify that all of the wheels are actually on the track. So the track, it's not glued to anything. It's not, you know, there's no guardrails or anything. It's just, just a regular train that's elevated, and it's really kind of neat. The documentation says, not really the documentation, but the description on Amazon said that there's a two-position switch. One's battery saver, and one is always running. And I've only flipped it once. So I'm going to turn the switch on so you can hear what this sounds like. And again, you have to be kind of careful because if you knock it in any way, shape, or form, you run the risk of having your train catapult off the track. And if your train is, say, four foot high, that could damage the coupler. 
my coal car is actually damaged and I used a wire tie and somebody else had the same thing happen in one of the reviewers and they said they used a twist tie and that worked out fine too. So let me flip the switch and you pull the switch towards you if the train is facing with the engine or the cow catcher pointing to your left. You don't really want to put any pressure on the track because again it's gonna be knocked over. And there's the train behind the tree. And now it's coming back around. And I'm going to let it run for a minute or two so you can hear the sounds and stuff. and see what it does. It will eventually stop and pick up passengers. It's kind of neat. And the train is slowing down, pulling into the station. And it says North Pole Station. And it will start up again, and I'll just let it start up again, and then we'll bring this little recording to a close. And there goes the train again. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this little demonstration of this train that's in the Christmas tree, literally. And you know what? It leaves more room under the tree for presents. Take care, everybody. That's really fascinating, but Chris, I have some really sad news for you. I don't know if you get this whole thing about Christmas. We can only hope. But in order to get presents, you have to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I am good, I thought. <laughs> you really must be good so that you don't just get coal in your coal car.
good heavy presents instead. Although apparently with the price of coal right now, well, coal is not such a bad gift. <laughs> That's true. When, when, I was, when I was little, seven, eight, nine years old, my dad had a piece of coal in a box. And he would always tell us kids that you're not going to get Christmas presents and here's your present because you guys have all been bad. So he always threatened us with this lump of coal that he had for years and years and years. And there were so many of y'all that it would have been definitely within his rights to just give y'all lumps of coal for Christmas. But he only had one, so he had to pick the worst one, I guess. Okay, well, that's true. Well, if you can't be good, and we'll wait on that and see if Chris succeeds. (laughs) If he has other goodies to demo after Christmas, we'll know he succeeded. That's right. But if you can't be good, then maybe you can smell good, or you can have your environment smell good. And I want to demo a little gadget I got recently that will help with that very thing. Today's demo is the result of a problem that I had that I wanted to solve. I wanted to have something that I could put in my room that would make it smell nice. Now, smelling nice is a little bit subjective for me because I have no sense of smell. I didn't really want to get candles because the expense of them can add up and it's kind of lost on me and the fragrance doesn't last. I just wanted something that would give the room a nice overall smell. This room in particular is closed up a fair amount and I was just a little paranoid that it would have that stuffy room smell. I'm temporarily renting a room from friends and they have several cats. Also, this room contains some possessions that are not mine, so it's a fairly cluttered room. For that reason, it was important to me that I not get something that could easily be knocked over, spilled, set afire, etc. That ruled out some diffusers, incense burners, other things of that type. I didn't really want to use a plug-in because since I'm a bit technically minded, outlets are always in short supply. After talking to a few people, I decided to try the Glade Automatic Spray Air Freshener. And so far, I'm happy with it. I'm told that the amount of fragrance that's dispensed is pleasant and not overpowering. I got this on Amazon, and I paid about $13-$14 for it. You can get them through Walmart and other local retail stores. When you're first starting out, what you need to get is the starter kit and that has the actual unit and a can of the fragrance. The one we're going to link to in the show notes is a starter kit with the Hawaiian Breeze scent. I went with that simply because on Amazon, it was the most economical at the time. There are, however, many scents that you can choose from. The unit itself is made of plastic and is cylindrical. It's wider at the bottom and a little bit narrower at the top, It is almost as tall as the standard Amazon Echo, probably an inch or two shorter. I'm terrible at estimates, but I would say it's probably about eight inches tall. There are holes on it so that you can mount it on a wall, which I have not done, but you can. On the back of the unit is a diamond-shaped button, and this is the boost button, and you would press that if you want to release scent into the air. On the front of the unit is an elongated hole. It also is more or less sort of diamond-shaped, although not quite as predominantly so. This hole is where the spray comes out. On the top of the unit is a button, and you press that down to open it, 
and it basically comes apart so the front swings down and you then have the two pieces they're still attached to one another in the back half of the unit are two AA batteries and there is a tab that you need to pull out for the batteries to begin working in this large cavity you have lots of space and so that is of course where you place the spray can and you place it in there with the nozzle up it doesn't really click into place it just sort of lays in there at the very top of the unit where it narrows there is a four position switch if the switch is closest to the spray can it is turned off and it's very nice because as you can hear there's a definite click when you adjust it. If you slide the switch up once, you'll hear a whirring sound, which basically just means the battery is working. You might want to actually set this timer before you have the can of spray in there. If you don't, it will spray on your hand. So if you slide it up one, you hear a little whirring sound and your air freshener is now set to dispense fragrance every 36 minutes. Slide it up again and it will dispense fragrance every 18 minutes. Slide it up once more all the way and it will dispense fragrance every 9 minutes. According to the product literature, if you set it to dispense the fragrance every 36 minutes, it will last 60 days. What I have done is set a reminder in my calendar on the 60th day to replace the scent. Of course, you can remove the spray bottle and shake it and see how much it is. It basically is actually an aerosol can, which is actually what I should be calling it rather than a spray bottle. I'm going to put it back in now and close the unit, and it's all set. The only thing that you do need to be aware of is the sound that it will make when the timer goes off. I've heard it described as an angry cat, it definitely does sound a bit like there is a creature in the room with you. I will hold it near the microphone and hope that you can hear it. It is a little startling the first couple times, but you get used to it pretty quickly. It sounds like this. And that's really all there is to it. If you have a situation like mine and you want to add a little fragrance to your room, this may be a good way to do it. That's awesome. It's so fun to have ways to make our houses smell good. There's so many options out there, and I'm really glad you found one that worked really well for you, and hopefully other people can check it out and see if it works well for their environment. That's cool. So far, it's cat-proof, which is really nice. Nice! Although, although like I said, it kind of does sound like an angry cat. It really and does. The other week, I bent down. Now, it wasn't like in my face, so it sprayed but it was about 18 inches from my face and it went off and it was like, ooh, let's watch as Lisa goes airborne because <laughs> I really jumped. I can't smell it, but I've been told that it smells very nice and that's not too cool. in-your-face oppressive. Oh, that's always good. <laughs> yeah. You never want to be that person who's going through the store and your perfume is like so loud that the people cloud. are like walking yeah. across to avoid you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have something of a present to demo as well. Although, in my case, it wasn't my present, but I do have one. I love when that kind of thing happens. <laughs> I'm going to show you a cool little thing that I recently discovered. And Lisa may have something to add on it as well, because one actually ended up being her birthday present. So, 
that works out nicely. This is from a company called Lay and Go, and it's not and go, it's like apostrophe in go. I'll definitely be linking probably directly to their site, and I'll also link to one of these on Amazon. So if you want to check that out, you certainly can. But the one that I have here is part of a set of two that I bought on QEC. These are really cool. It is essentially a storage bag, but it's so much more than that. Because when you open it up, it has a nice drawstring on it. And it essentially becomes a tabletop accessory that allows you to store goodies in it or place goodies on top of it. Whether that be your makeup, your creams, your manicure sets, whatever it happens to be for you. And then you have the ability, when you're done, just to use your drawstring to draw this thing back up into essentially a nice quilted little ball, depending on how much stuff you have in it, and you can carry it away with you. So it's storage, it's portable, and it also allows you to set stuff up on it. So let me explain a little bit about what this is and how it works. It's made out of a very silky material. First of all, it comes in its own little bag, and the bag is made out of the same material, and I'm just going to kind of swish it. Maybe you can get an idea of just how silky it is. It's kind of like the bag, the outer bag, which also has a drawstring closure. It's kind of like a silky, canvassy feeling material, but it's much nicer than that. It's just very soft. It's very silky, but it's also very durable. You can hear me kind of pulling on it. And you aren't going to rip this thing apart. Certainly, you don't want to put 25 pounds worth of stuff in it, at least this outer one. <laughs> but it's just very nice and very durable, and yet it feels very nice in your hands against your skin. And it opens up, and you can actually put the Lay&Go inside this bag. But this is just a nice little bag. It actually has a little loop on the inside, so if you wanted to keep it open and carry it somewhere for a minute, you could. You could easily fit your phone in here. You could put some lipsticks in here. I mean, it's fairly nice. It's probably at least four inches across. So it's very nice and it's got lots of room in it. And you could roll up the actual lay-and-go and put it back in here if you wish to do so. And it has the lay-and-go name embroidered on the front of the bag. And I believe this, at least the one I have, is silver. Kind of a silvery color. So that's just the outer bag. You can get these in all sorts of colors and designs, depending on where you get them. And the inside of this outer bag is made out of the same kind of silky material as the outside. So I'm just going to pull the drawstring, close it back up, and I'm going to show you the main event here, which is the main lay-and-go. It's made out of a similar feeling material. It also has the lay-and-go name embroidered on it. And just where that embroidery is, if you move your fingers up just a smidge, you're going to find... A little Velcro pocket. And you can actually put things in there. That's on the outside of the bag. And it's a nice sturdy Velcro. The bag is made out of this same kind of silky material. Except it's very cushy and quilted. It's really, really nice. And as Lisa pointed out to me upon receiving her present. It really does have some nice quilted kind of soft poofiness. I'm sure that wasn't her word. But it's what I'm kind of thinking of at the moment where it will really just kind of keep your stuff nicely protected inside. So it definitely has some soft, cozy cushiness to it. So if you undo the drawstring, and it's a nice long drawstring, it's well over a foot long. So you've got plenty of room, and you can always, again, close it as much as it needs to be closed, depending on how much stuff you have in here. When you open it up, 
You may be able to hear me doing that. It actually has a little lip on it that will keep your goodies, whatever you put in it, inside. These were initially designed as kind of makeup bags. They actually have in here a little elastic piece that goes across, and you can put eye pencils. There are one, two, three, four, five elastic parts where you could put eye pencils or such things. Two are somewhat bigger, so you could put like a blush brush or something in one of those or each of those. And then three are smaller, and they go across in a horizontal row. So you can put things in there. You could probably also put like pens or pencils in there with no problem whatsoever. You could even fit a lipstick in one of the bigger ones, certainly, or a couple lipsticks. You could probably even put one in one of the smaller ones. So just a little tube of lipstick. One of the round tubes. If you wanted to actually put more of an oval-shaped lipstick or balm type thing, you might want to use one of the bigger little elastic pieces here. There is a zipper compartment. A really sturdy zipper over here in one portion of it. And this thing just lays flat. So it's essentially a tabletop holder of goodies. You'll hold it so that, well, you can really lay it any way that you want. But on one side of it, you're going to find a nice loop on the inside. So you can pick it up and move it around. And I definitely encourage you to fold it back up before you do that. But you can still reach the loop when you have it all folded up or drawn up together again. And I have small fingers. All four of my fingers on one hand can fit in this little loop. So it's a cool way to carry it. And as I said, you can access that loop from either the outside or the inside of the bag because it goes out and in once you have it drawn up, as it were. You can also carry it by the drawstring and it can fit over your shoulder if you like, if you're carrying it around with you. You can fit a lot of stuff in here. It's over 20 inches across. So you can fit quite a bunch of goodies in here. And as I said, it's very quilted. It's kind of got some cushy fabric underneath it. It's just a really nice piece of luggage, as it were. Although, really, luggage isn't quite the proper term for it. But it's a really nice storage device. So you can put things on it. You can move it around. I visit my mom pretty regularly. And one of the things I like to do with this is take all my crap that I'm going to use in the shower or my cosmetics or my cleansers and toners and creams and things. And toss those in there. And then I can just take them back with me when I leave. And just draw them up into their little drawstring lay and go here. And take them home with me. But I can use them easily. Put them on her sink, on her counter, on her vanity. When I'm in the shower. And I'll have them available when I get out. So it's really cool. And as I said, depending on the amount of stuff that you have in here. Will depend on how far you can draw this drawstring down. But when you do, when you close it up. It becomes, essentially, a fluffy little quilted ball. <laughs> As I said, you can get a ton of stuff in here. Lisa discovered that they have activity mats available. Uber cute. They have pet beds available. And they have lots of different styles of these lay-and-go storage things. <laughs> I don't want to really call it a bag because it's kind of not. But it sort of is at the same time. So it's like a countertop accessory that can transform into a bag. They come in all sorts of colors and patterns, and they're quite affordable as well. You can get one for around $30, and sometimes you can get deals that will allow you to get them for quite a bit less than that. They have really good reviews as well, so if you want to check them out online, and we will put their name, obviously, in the show notes as well, and links to where you can find out more information. But you can definitely learn more about them. 
and I think it's just a very cool concept and I find that I'm using this quite often. The other thing I do want to mention is their durability. We were talking earlier about this and saying that these will last for decades because if you're nice to them then they'll just last and last and if you spill something on them you can probably just wipe it off quite easily if you get to it pretty quickly with just warm water or warm soap and water because they are made out of this really nice silky durable material. So that's the lay and go and more information will be available in the show notes. I think the thing that I really appreciated about that bag, if you want to call it that, is the feel of the material. It's really just a funny contrast of very kind of silky soft and very durable. And while you can use it for cosmetics, you really could use it for other things. Oh yeah. If you have small tech accessories or even medical stuff, the place where I could see using it is if you're traveling and you're at a hotel or like you need to lay stuff out, you know, this is what I use for my morning routine or whatever. You can lay it all out, but you have it within the borders of this thing. And yes. so you're less likely to lose things. And because of the little drawstring around the edge, it's not a big one, but it does create enough of a border that things are less apt to roll and get lost. Yeah, I like that. You kind of got your own contained space where your stuff lives. So you're not going to be checking your hotel room dresser 20 times yeah. before you leave and still leave something important behind. So picture like a, with this. Yeah, picture like a big round placemat with a drawstring. There you go. <laughs> is essentially, because when I looked at it at first, I thought, okay, this is cool. And you put stuff in the zipper pocket and I wasn't getting like the whole lay it flat. And then once I realized, and once I kind of thought of it as a placemat, like a mat with a drawstring that you could drop into a bag. And the activity mat that they have, I just became a great aunt and I sent one of these to my nephew. And it's for babies and children. And basically, it's really cool because you can pull the drawstring and all the toys and things can stay inside. I'm thinking, you know, 101 pieces of Legos. And then it has a place where you can actually just hang it up with the toys and the stuff inside. And you don't have to worry about kind of packing and unpacking it every time. Exactly. Anything that saves with storage and gives you different ways to store things that aren't right in your way all the time, I think is a win-win. And speaking of win-wins, I think that probably concludes our podcast for this time. We hope that all of you are having a wonderful holiday season, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next one. Indeed. Have a great couple weeks, everybody. Bye now. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.